0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave-O. Well, the Royals continue to limp into the finish line, dropping to 90 and 66, although that's a very first world problem to have as a Royals fan, dropping to 90 and 66. As KC sees their hopes for home field advantage fading from strong about a month ago to good about two weeks ago to so so even five days ago, the Royals now become long shots as the Cubs use a walk off home run by Chris D'Orfia in the 11th. His third of the year to win 1 nothing at Wrigley Field. And it's Dave glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, which, it, you know, I wish it was more upbeat tonight. But. We'll give you a reason to stay somewhat positive here coming up in a few minutes. We'll try to cheer you back up. We're going to go over all three games of the White Sox series coming up here in just a few. And your Donald Ventura should make us feel good after this game, shouldn't he? He's our player of the game tonight, and we'll go over his start here. But first, I want to start with how bad the offense was. Because, to me, that's the story of tonight outside of Ventura. Now, Ventura was great. That's important going into the playoffs. The Royals see Johnny Cueto go tomorrow night. Also, Paramount, they get him fixed as well. Then we've seen two straight quality starts from him. Hopefully that continues against the White Sox. But outside of that, the offense is sick right now for the most part. The strikeouts are not good. Tonight for the Royals, how many times did they strike out? 14. 14 strikeouts tonight for the Royals. Six yesterday. That's so-so, I guess. Three was good on Saturday, but 15 Ks on Friday, nine on Thursday, on and on. The last few weeks, we've seen the Royals go from an impossible team to strike out to where it's becoming kind of the norm. And the thing that bothers me about that, the reason I say the Royals are kind of sick offensively, and yes, I'm aware they're averaging about five runs a game since September started. I'm aware they've been scoring some runs, but in recent weeks, the last one to two weeks especially, the strikeouts are up. And the Royals are starting to see a shift in how their opponents are pitching them. And that's where the issue comes. That's where the Royals must get well. And that, of course, is the Royals seeing a ton of secondary pitches. Both off-speed, breaking balls. Tonight it was off-speed that really baffled the Royals in route to their 14 strikeouts tonight. I mean, a Kyle Hendricks, six shutout innings two hits, 9 Ks and two walks. Royals saw three more Ks in two innings from Trevor Cahill on and on and on. So the strikeouts the Royals are going to have to shift their approach. I don't know, you know, they're obviously a fastball-hitting team. The league knows that now and they're going to continue to see that going forward. Especially with some of these guys you could see in the playoffs that can utilize changeups. So something to think about going forward with the Royals' offense. Just one extra base hit tonight. That was Mike Moustakas, a double. He's the only Royal that got on base twice with two hits. And, yeah, four hits total. That's it. Three walks, 14 strikeouts. So not a good night for the Royals' offense. They really do just look like lost at the plate, don't they? Especially the guys at the top. You're seeing Alex Gordon strike out an astronomical amount of times. Even for him. He's a guy who does strike out. Quite a bit, but that's fine. He's still productive when he strikes out. But recently, it's been nearly every other at-bat for Gordo. We've seen Ben Zobris looks lost up there, which is quite the stark contrast to what we saw the first five weeks out of Ben. I mean, you go up and down the lineup, but especially there at the top, obviously Alcides Escobar has been lost at the bottom of the lineup. The good news is that Alex Rios has been heating up, and Mike Moustakis, a couple of hits tonight, smoked a couple of balls over the weekend, even though he you know, had some bad luck on some of those. He looks good up there at the plate, starting to smoke the ball to left field. One in particular sticks out on Saturday night to left of the warning track, another one to right. Am I grasping at straws offensively? A bit. I'm not overly concerned, but just throwing it out that the Royals are seeing a shift in how they are being pitched. So they must adjust, and hopefully they can quote-unquote get right before the postseason gets here. Now, like I said, I want to talk about positive stuff tonight. And so let's get to Jordano Ventura. Ventura, seven shutout innings for the Royals. Six Ks, two hits, one walk. Perfect game through five innings, seven shutout innings overall, just two hits, six Ks and a walk for Ventura. That was a beautiful thing. And I talked about secondary pitches and how the opponents continue to pound the Royals with those. And that's what made Ventura so effective tonight was the tight breaking ball, the secondary pitches, the ability to throw his changeup. Only left about two changeups by my estimation up the whole night. They were fouled off, by the way. They weren't hit hard. The changeup never was Something to beat him tonight. The breaking ball just broke a lot more, and it was in the strike zone about half of the time. It got a lot of swings and misses, yes, but it was in the strike zone, and that's important because it's when hit, it's it's when those hitters can eliminate the breaking ball from Ventura that the Royals are in trouble because then he becomes a one pitch pitcher primarily. But if that's if that breaking ball is in the strike zone half the time, look out. And we saw that from Ventura again tonight, so that was good to see. The rest of the bullpen was pretty good for the Royals up until Miguel Almonte in the 11th. Like I said, the one pitch to Denorfia for the walk-off home run. And a lot of people on Twitter at Royals Clubhouse saying why did Ned not bring in Wade Davis? Well, there's several problems with that. Number one, well, not a problem, but number one, there's not a single manager in baseball in a regular season game who brings his closer into a tie on the road. It does not happen. So number one, yes, it's an unwritten rule and you know you can you know, think far from that and, and break from that and, and start being a forward thinker in 2015 with all the analytics and common sense. You can say that if you want. I was fine with that. I mean, because here's the problem. If Wade Davis does come in, you're not throwing him two innings tonight. Especially if they're throwing yesterday. You're not throwing Ryan Matson two innings. Same thing with Kelvin Herrera. These guys are not throwing two innings tonight on a Monday with the playoffs a week and a half away and with the Royals not having an off day the rest of the week. And you know, some of people said, why not throw a match in his second inning? He looked great. Agree, but that's just not how it works. These guys can't throw. After throwing yesterday, they can't throw multiple innings today. I mean, they can. If it's a playoffs, if it's game seven, they would. But it's not going to happen in this game tonight. And Wade Davis, you know, the other problem besides the fact that no other manager would do it is that what happens if and when he gets to the 11th? Because you're guaranteed a bottom of the 12th. You're not at home where you can walk it off. If Wade Davis gets to the 11th, you know he's not going multiple innings. Well, who's going to pitch the 12th? Jeremy Guthrie threw two innings on Saturday. So Guthrie is most likely out. Morales, you know, Franklin's been getting lit up like a Christmas tree the last couple of weeks. Those two are out. You've already used Hochaver tonight. You've already used Madsen Herrera. Uh, you know, w- you know, what do you want to do at that point? You're saving Davis if you get a lead. You don't have much else out there, really. You've got Jabba Chamberlain. Do you want him coming in? Marriott, Alexander, I mean... There's some guys out there that Ned could have gone to, but to me, I just don't see how bringing in Wade Davis makes sense or changes really anything. Even if he gets here at inning, an, yes, the Royals could have come out and scored some runs. I'm aware. Maybe they get a big enough lead where then you know whoever they bring in can still protect that. But I think we're grasping at straws there. So no issue with how Ned handled the bullpen tonight. I do think that'll be different in a week. And that's you know I said some some good news at the top. Some look you know number one Ventura tonight. Number two, Ryan Matson looks fully recovered from a severe dead arm where it hurt to the touch. It was tender to the touch for almost two weeks for Matson. He looks really good in recent outings, the last five, six times out there, which is good news. Herrera looks good. The bullpen looked good tonight, outside of El Monte. who's not in the postseason roster. So from a playoff perspective, there's some good things happening. Ventura start number one, the bullpen number two. Lorenzo Kane some nice defense tonight, running down some you know some balls out there. After we saw him. Take a triple away from Jose Ramirez yesterday there in that second inning for the Royals yesterday. Make that third inning for the Royals yesterday. We saw him run down again tonight. Back against the wall on Chris Bryant and the Ivy in the first inning making a catch. He just looks a lot smoother out there, and he did have the error this weekend when he couldn't field the, the base hit that led to a run against Cleveland, I'm aware. But Kane looks better out there with range. For a while there, I was getting a little nervous about him. There's lots of positives. Johnny Cueto, the last couple of starts, and let's go over the the White Sox series here. He goes to the mound tomorrow for the Royals. It's been good his last couple of times. And yes, home field is probably a mirage at this point, which is too bad. But to me, when the Royals, you know, I went off on Friday off the deep end. You can go back and listen to that dish if you'd like about why it was mind-blowingly ridiculous on about five different levels why the Royals... Toronto that lineup out there on Friday, but that was you know the start of this current skid. You win two in a row, you're looking good. You've got your mojo, and momentum. You throw it out there, you lose, and now you've lost three out of four. Toronto's one every night, it seems like. So the Royals now have to go 6-0 and and have Toronto go 4-2 and just to get home field. Not going to happen. The Royals have a much tougher road. They've got three against the White Sox and three against the Twins, who are going to, at the very least, most likely be mathematically in it this weekend. So the chances of the Royals going 6-0 and at this point aren't good, especially when you consider Johnny Cueto's last outing will probably be two or three innings and a quote-unquote bullpen day for the Royals. So 6-0 is what it would require, and that's not even a guarantee. Toronto could go better than 4-2 and as they are facing a Baltimore team in shambles, where Buck. Walter can' not get along with management then they have a Tampa team who's long ago packed it in so Johnny Cueto goes to the mound tomorrow against Jeff Samarja how you know, Samarja how amazing was this last outing for him let's talk about this he's been a bust this year 10 and 13 at the 504. Samarja shark as they call him has been awful this year Karma gets you, you know you attack our boy Lorenzo Kane you hit him on opening day. You come out during a brawl and, and then come over with Chris Sale in the clubhouse and try to fight us. You know, that stuff happens, man. But, you know, look, pitching for a contract, pitching for his uh, big league career, really. I mean, good grief. He went from being a borderline top 25 starter going into this year to being one of arguably the worst 25 starters. In fact, not arguably. With, the, with that amount of innings and appearances, most definitely. But last outing was just good. 28 faced, 27 retired for Samarja. Now, did only strike out six. So maybe that's not the most impressive number if you look at it. But it was a one-hit shutout with 6Ks. And to me, the most sparkling part, the most amazing part of Samarja's last outing, which, by the way, was against Detroit. Victor Martinez had the only hit. Was the fact that Samarja never had a three-ball count the entire game. Not once. Never hit three balls in that game. I don't even know how you'd look this up. I wonder how many no-hitters have even never had a three-ball count in a game. How many perfect games have never had a three-ball count? It can't be that many of them. I'm sure it happens, but I don't think it would be that common of a thing, right? Even for a no-hitter. He didn't throw a no-hitter. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying even guys that throw no-hitters in perfect games, do they ever have no three-ball counts? That seems astronomically rare. I'd like to know the last time it happened for the Royals. Did we know that? do they keep that stat? Probably. Samarja, though, the Royals have gotten to him pretty good this year. Uh, You know, last time they saw him was on August 8th, four and two-thirds, seven runs on six hits. Getting back to Johnny Cueto, who throws tomorrow. Back-to-back seven-inning starts, like I said. Three runs on seven hits against Seattle and two runs and eight hits against Detroit. Has seen Chicago twice this year. Once as a Royal, was not good on September 6th. Gave up five runs in three innings. That was kind of, what, start number two or three of this slide that he's just hopefully getting out of. And he saw him back with Cincinnati on May 9th. Did go eight and a third, four runs, and get a win on that day against the White Sox while he was with the Reds. Gotta let the Royals tomorrow, don't you? Get a W. Although Samarjo was great, and like I said, down to his last two outings, pitching for a contract will definitely be motivated, especially against a team he doesn't like very much. Of course, the feeling is mutual with the Royals. Now, Edinson Volquez, Carlos Quintana square off on Wednesday. Volquez, 13-9, a 3-6-5. Quintana, 9-10, a 3-3-8. Volquez, speaking of quality starts, like Cueto, he's done it himself. Back-to-back quality starts. Six innings, three runs, and back-to-back outings against the Indians and Tigers. Last time he saw Chicago was on August 7th in KC, and Volquez was good. One run in seven innings. The story for me on Wednesday is Carlos Quintana and how remarkably consistent his innings are. Good grief. Two hundred and a third innings last year. 200.1 last year for Quintana. 200 even in 2013. And coming into this game, he is at 197.1. So once he retires eight Royals, he will be at 200 innings for the third straight inning. That, my friend, is one of the uh, most underrated starters in the American League, let alone the American League Central. Quintana eighth in the AL and ERA at 3.38, and like I said, eight outs away from 200 innings for the third straight year. And be nice the Royals could get him out after exactly. Let's see, it was 200 even in 2013, 200.1 last year. Be nice if the Royals could get him out after 200.2. Let's let him go up one out. Per year, right? 213, 200.1 last year, 200.2 this year. What do you say? A nice little three and a third outing for the Royals. Get him out. Keep him consistent. It's like one of those math problems back in high school. What is next? 8, 16, 24. What number is next? One of those things. Quintana was good, by the way, last time at Detroit. Seven innings and one run. Uh, the finale of this game is Chris Medlin and John Danks. Kind of rare. John Danks, six series against the Royals, will have started a game in all six. Not super rare, but you know nobody else has done that this year for the Royals against the Sox or vice versa. Danks, a long-time nemesis. It's not very good against the rest of the league. 7-14, and 14, a 4-5-3, but lifetime against the Royals. Danks, 10-2 with a 2-5-7. <sighs> Royals saw him September 4th, one run, seven hits, 5Ks, complete game. Last start, six innings, two runs on six hits against the Yankees. If you are wondering, Medlin is pitching for his playoff life, especially with Chris Young and his courageous outing. Five hitless innings there, you know, with his dad passing away, and we do wish him and his family The best. Send him strength. Lots of prayers. Remarkable that he was able to pitch that game in honor of his dad. And you you know his dad was up there so proud of him. Probably even helping him out as he navigated through that Cleveland lineup yesterday. So, you know, Medlin probably between him and Young for that fourth spot in the rotation. I still think Medlin gets it if he pitches well, just because the Royals would have then Danny Duffy and Chris Young behind him in the bullpen on a very short leash in the playoffs. And I do think at this point, it's a near lock that Chris Young makes a playoff roster now that Greg Holland is gone out of the picture for the remainder of the year, unfortunately. I would have thought about two weeks ago that Chris Young was not in the playoff roster, but now that Holland's out of the picture, he's a lock, especially with Franklin Morales struggling. Although Morales is also a lockout there, obviously. Although the guys you're going to see in close games in the playoffs aren't going to be Morales, number one. Hopefully not young either if Medlin pitches well tomorrow and does well in the playoffs. Anyway, I'm getting way ahead of myself now. Medlin, that bad start against Cleveland his last time out. Three and two-thirds, six runs on nine hits. Yeah, needs to do well against Chicago. It did not do well. His only start against them back on the 4th of September Eleven hits and five and two thirds and seven runs—not good for Medlin's His last time out. So I apologize for the length on this dish. Had a lot to go over, but overall, I'm ready to turn the page almost now. It's starting. To, it's kind of starting to be a drag now. This September, isn't it? The Royals just not playing good baseball. They, I forgot to mention earlier. They got picked off the bases again tonight. Lorenzo Kane, the fifth time in the last two weeks that's happened. Not for Kane, but for the team. I'm saying two of them did belong to Christian Colon. We see the Royals getting picked off bases all the time, not making adjustments against all the off-speed stuff, striking out a lot more. We've seen the rotation struggle, although hopefully that's starting to iron itself back out before the playoffs, just between the fact that you've seen Ventura, for the most part, been good over the last six weeks. Had a real hot streak there for a while. You've seen Cueto, two starts, hopefully now three in a row tomorrow, much better. Volquez has been consistent. We went over that earlier. And then between Medlin and Young, Young's start was encouraging, and hopefully Medlin will be again tomorrow. So hopefully the rotation is you know, starting to straighten itself out, the bullpen is with Holland's injury being out in the open and him being shut down for the year. The back end of the bullpen seems to be set and strong. So now let's get the offense back on track. Hopefully, the Royals can get well tonight against, or sorry, tomorrow night against Jeff Samarja. Have yourself a great night speaking to which, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Clubhouse Conversation. Go, Royals.